0: You're listening to Arrowhead Radio.
1: He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because He's good.
0: You can't steer a boat that's not moving.
2: We need—we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life and he that does not believe um, does not have life and the wrath of God abides on him.
0: Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace. Give me a hope. Give me a promise.
1: And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm uh, I'm about for great. heaven and it's it's forever.
0: I'm Mark Dana.
1: And I'm Venus Cote.
0: And this is Hope to the Nations. How's it going?
1: Not too bad, Mark.
0: That's great. That's great. We have an opportunity here. We're gonna kind of explore God's work and your life, and we're asking you to share with us. Could you do that? Can you, uh, could you do that for us? I'd love to.: Great.
1: My name is Venus, Venus Cote. I was born and raised in Saskatchewan, a place called Kamsack, raised on. A native reserve called the uh, Kote Reserve um, is Soto. Uh-huh. Um, comes out of the Ojibwe. Anishinaabe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I was not churched. Uh, the family that I had were, before I came along uh, were churchgoers. They went to the United Church and I was raised by my grandparents, and uh, they eventually were my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother's name was Charlotte, and uh, I have two younger sisters. My mother uh, lived with a man who uh, was not a very nice man when he was drinking, but if he was sober, he was a very nice man. Um, when he was drinking, he was very mean, and. Mm. Uh, he, my mother uh, died at the hands of 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 him uh oh, wow. she was murdered by my stepfather the father of uh my two younger sisters and uh, I was old enough to know and understand and and see um my grandparents my grandfather um came and checked upon us the next day and he found me under the table with my sisters and uh things were never the same after that and i think that hurt my grandparents deeply because my mother was the oldest um i didn't um i think because it was so traumatic that i that i just wandered around and uh just didn't say a whole lot and i go to the window and thinking and waiting For my mother to come down the road, but that day never ever did come. And I knew I was about three, almost four. I was, I was, uh, I was young and and uh, I was I guess I was really smart and things changed a lot and and uh, as I got older I was very forgetful and things things that really changed my life and and it was never the same and my grandparents lost uh, another son that same year and by suicide and so they lost their two oldest ones and so the way my family dealt with it was they drank and uh by this time um we had no minister so we didn't go to church and and i never went to church i knew very little about god i knew that uh he he was up in the sky and he made all things that's all i knew <laughs> uh but my grandmother uh Um, she, she knew about God and she, because she went to, she went to church when she was young and, and even in their married life, they went to church. But when we came along, there was, uh, no church. So I never went to church. I, as I got older and I, I, um, used to, uh, blame God for everything, even though I didn't know who he was, I used to blame him for all the turmoil in my life. um. Used to think that uh, um, that life wasn't fair, and and that I I used to think that uh, it's God's fault that I didn't have a mother. I used to blame God for everything. But like I said, I didn't know who he was. It was I had to blame someone. And um, sometimes we
0: want to, we're angry and hurt, and we want to lash out at somebody, right? Yeah,
1: I was very angry. I grew up very angry, and. Uh, Um, but we were always taught that what goes on in the home stays in the home. You didn't advertise. So we just carried a bunch of stuff and, and we learned to stuff a lot of things. So we Mm -hmm. never, we were never, uh, we never knew enough to share our hearts.
0: So it was not talked about much what was going on?
1: No, no, they drank a lot. And when they drank a lot, it, the anger came out because Mm. my, my family, uh, were angry them too. And, and so, uh, and when they drank, there was a lot of fights in the house and, and we just, that was just the normal life. And we Mm. thought it was normal and, and, uh, just, uh, that's the way things were. And, uh, (laughs) You didn't. You didn't say anything, and sometimes I. I wished I was given another family because I. Uh, I. I felt that there was something better out there, but. Uh, God gives us the family that we have, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah. And today I can say that I. I'm thankful that I did have the family that I have, and that I love my aunts and my uncles, and I love my grandparents, and. And um you were talking about forgiveness and I've learned mm. to forgive my stepfather. Uh, but that was That's after amazing. I, that, that was after I became a believer. And, uh, at a early age, I learned how to drink and I learned how to, uh, that the liquor helped me to forget and help me to, uh, not deal with stuff. So I, I, just learned to drink. And, uh, by the time I was 16, I was an alcoholic and, uh, it just, a part of me didn't want to live anymore so I figured if I drank and if I drank myself till I died I that would would have been a lot easier than having to deal with stuff. That's it's kind of a slow form of suicide then. Yeah because I, I was life wasn't good for me anyways and and uh I just had no emotions I was full of anger I was full of hate and if if I had the opportunity, I wanted to kill my stepfather, and I probably would have if uh, if if everything worked out the way it was. But I didn't have that opportunity. God got a hold of my life even before that. And, I heard about Jesus when I was probably about 15, 16, by my friend Claudette, and Claudette is gone now, and she used to tell me about Jesus, and they'd invite me to church. And I went, one time I went to an evening church, and I was drunk. They never asked me to go again, and I think I just sort of just uh, purposely sabotaged that because I, I really wasn't ready for him yet.
0: Yeah. So what did they tell you about Jesus, and what did your friend tell you?
1: Well, she told me that uh, uh, Jesus loved me, and my response to that was, if Jesus loved me, why did he allow so much pain in my life? Right. If Jesus loved me, I'd still have a mother today. If Jesus loved me, life would be different in my family. And I thought of all kinds of excuses, Because I didn't know God, and I didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't know that he came and died on the cross for my sin. I didn't know that. And uh, so I didn't get the whole story then. I just got, all I got was Jesus loved me.
0: It's kind of like there's a lot of people talking about, you know, the church, and they put Christ in with the church as if he was doing that whatever bad thing happened. Yeah. But we know that that's not the case. No. He was so much against that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Um life continued on with my drinking and uh um I ended up in Calgary and uh drinking that much more and and uh ending up on Skid Row and just Drinking and just wanting to die and because I had nothing worth living for. One time a friend of mine, I ended up in a treatment center, and a friend of mine said, let's go to church. And she, so her, her relatives are coming to pick her up. Yeah. So we went to church, and uh, uh, the preacher said, uh, there's some sinners here, and she whispered <laughs> over, she said, he's talking about us. Uh. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> so I, I had no idea... What, what was happening? And she said, uh, "Let's go down and make him think he saved two souls." And of course, like a fool, I went down and and said the sinner's prayer. But I had no idea what I was saying because I did not understand. And and of course, uh, she of knew. Like that. Yeah, she she knew that, and I didn't. And. And I did it, and that was not my conversion, because nothing happened, and I didn't understand. And and uh, it was just, to me, I guess it was just a mockery uh, when I think of it. <laughs> and, uh, and then I continued on my way, and uh, one night I was downtown drinking, and I must have ran into someone, because I ended up with a track in my pocket. And the next day I was embarrassed, because the track said that... Um, that if I gave my heart to the Lord and it talked about Jesus Christ dying for my, for my sin, and I didn't see myself as a sinner, because the world did me wrong, and the world I blamed the world and everybody else except myself, and I didn't see myself as a sinner, and I didn't really quite understand uh Jesus and 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 I, uh, all I knew was that uh, God was up there somewhere. Supposed to be in control of all things, but was not doing a very good job. Because look at my life, look at where, look at where I I am. Anyhow, so you, felt
0: like, you felt like a victim.
1: I, I guess I did. Uh, I just life wasn't good, and so I just had to blame someone and something. And and God was. God was the one because He didn't speak back, and at least at that time He didn't speak back, and and He didn't defend Himself, and and uh, but I know otherwise He does defend Himself mm-hmm. through Scripture. Yeah. Um, I made it back home. There's lots in between my story of uh, of I had a friend. Her name was. Uh, Oh, just slipped my mind. Sarah, Sarah, and I was living in Meadow Lake at the time, and I and Sarah drank together. And when we weren't drinking, we were talking, and she talked about Jesus. She talked about Jesus dying on the cross, Mm. and she. uh, And then I asked her, and she said, "Only those that believe in Jesus go to heaven."
2: Yeah,
1: and I asked her, "Well, where do?" those that don't believe in Jesus, where do they go? She said, they wander around in darkness. They never see the light of day. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, but not once did Sarah ever ask me if I wanted to accept Jesus because Sarah wasn't living right either. Sarah used to uh, sing in the church. Sarah was a backslidden Christian. And not long after, Sarah was uh, murdered. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, that I felt sad, more than sad, because Sarah was my friend. And it just seemed like people were around me were dying, but I still managed to still be alive, and I drank thinking that I'm going to die, and I'd still wake up. And And I realized um, when I went back home, I, I was still drinking and drinking and drinking, and finally ended up in the hospital... And uh, the doctor told me, he said, uh, "If you don't stop, you're gonna die." Never, I never responded to that, and then I'd always end up in the drunk tank because I was town drunk, and I was always drunk riding at the back of the paddy wagon going to the uh, drunk tank, and and yeah, Venus. and uh, um, they let me out the next day, and there was always two cops that let me out, and they said, "Venus, you're young." Hmm. Why don't you quit drinking, or you're gonna you're gonna die? And they always told me that, and they always, always, pad me in the drunk tank, and and uh, wake up the next day sober, sick, and sorry. So one day I was in the hospital from too much drinking. That uh, there's so much pain. So I ended up in the hospital. I was laying there thinking about my life. Mm-hmm. I was 24 years old. Nothing to show for my life. And wishing I was dead, and then, you know how sometimes people say your life flashes before your eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, that day, God ba- brought back to my memory everyone that shared the shared Jesus with me, right from Claudette to Sarah to uh, Susie to uh, everyone, yeah. and and then, and then they told me that Jesus loved me. And I never understood the whole story. Sarah said that uh, Jesus died for me, but that's all I got. Yeah. And then I thought, okay, God, if you're up there and pe- who, and people say who you are, it's true. I have nowhere else to turn to, nowhere else to go. Mm. I'm willing to give you a chance. I'd have nowhere to go except to you. And I said, if you're real, I give you everything that I have. And that day, I knew things had changed because when my family came to see me, I said, I'm done. I'm done drinking. Wow! That was January 10th, 1985. Mm. And I've never had a drink since. But then I also started going to church. My aunt, one of my aunts were going to church on the reserve. We had missionaries. And so they met in a dark basement of the church and they just had lights up front. And uh, <laughs> and they shared the gospel one day and, and they talked about Jesus uh, dying on the cross for me, for my sin. Yeah. That everybody was a sinner. that Then I realized I was a sinner. Mm. It. Because I didn't understand what a sinner was, I didn't really do bad things. I just drank, and and uh, then I realized it was everything that I've done that was that was not uh, right. That it was not pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. Everything, my lies, uh, my deceit. Uh, I never killed anyone, so I thought, but I hated, and I knew that it was just like murder, mm. and I. Everything that I could possibly think of that was not pleasing to God, I was a sinner, and I thought, "Okay, I'm a sinner. I confess that I'm a sinner." And then uh, Jack Cousins, one of the missionaries, said the sinner's prayer, and I thought, "Well, if, maybe if I if I didn't do it right in the hospital, maybe I better do it right just to make sure that I'm going to get into heaven." Right. <laughs> so I said the sinner's prayer, and I thought, "Now I'm bound for heaven." Then I thought, "This is real." Yeah. And like I said, I didn't know anything about God. I didn't know anything about a Bible. All I owned was a little Good News Bible, and had Bible studies, and and uh, then my family. all started going to church, and then it's it's something like they forgot about me, and yet they were focusing on everybody, and and uh, they and. Um, I asked them one time, I said, Did you think I would ever stand? And <laughs> yeah, and they said they thought I would fall, that's why they didn't focus on me. So, uh, okay, but uh, everybody else fell away from the Lord who stood. I did, wow. Um, and I realized that, um, I was 24 years old, never memorized the scripture in my life, never went to Sunday school as a child. We had Mormon missionaries who came to the reserve, and we'd ride at the back of the truck, and uh, we go to a club on the next reserve, and all we did was play games, and they were telling us about Jesus. But it wasn't the same thing from what I from what I learned. As Not in, the same message, huh? No. And, and then we had they came to my aunt's house and we had folded our arms and prayed, and I still didn't quite understand. so um, all I know is that uh that I the first verse I ever ever memorized was John three sixteen and most kids learn that verses, and I thought. I was so proud of myself for memorizing that verse, and I thought, "Oh, I memorized a, a verse, and yeah. for God so love the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life." And I thought, "I have eternal life. I'm uh-huh. I'm bound for heaven, and it's it's forever. If anything ever happened to me, it's forever." And uh, And then I realized then what Jesus did for me, and and Mm -hmm. I heard a message that if I was the only person living on this earth, Jesus would have still died for me. And he loved me enough that he was willing to give his own life for me, that God loved me enough that he was willing to sacrifice his son for my sin. And, and for, I realized, for everybody in the world, oh right? my goodness, for everybody, not just me. And, and there are so many people out there who think they're good and doing good. And, and, yeah. and everybody needs Jesus Christ. Everybody needs to understand that uh, Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose again. Mm-hmm. And he said that the same way you see me go up is the same way I'm coming back.
0: Are you looking forward to that?
1: Oh my goodness! Yes, yeah, I'm looking forward to. See- I, I read about him. I talked to him. I trust him, mm. and to see him is is the day that I look forward to seeing him face to face, and just to thank him for what he had done for me. That I'm, I that I'm so undeserving, and and I felt uh, so undeserving, and yet he felt that I deserved heaven and much in what he had to offer me. And then I started to read the Bible, and I started to read uh, the Old Testament. Uh, I still don't understand the book of Leviticus, but I still <laughs> read it, and I, I get some good things out of Leviticus because it's the Old Testament law. Mm-hmm. And then I read about Moses and, then, and David and joshua jacob and and all those guys that walked before that paved the way for us that's right and isaiah and uh jeremiah and and all these people and that we're going to see these people and and uh they 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 bought the answer they bought scripture they bought scripture to life god's word god's word and 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 uh when I went to Bible school Did you go to Bible school? Kewaiton Bible Institute. It's no longer in existence anymore. But I did not wanna go. Uh I would have preferred to stay home. <laughs> um, I was given an application form to uh, go to bible school and and uh I filled it out, sent it off, but I'd never heard from them, and this was January. You're probably
0: kind of happy about that.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, Sunrise. Kenny Jackson. At that time, they had a band called Sunrise Band. They were coming to Kamsec, and uh, Kenny asks me if I heard. If I heard from uh, Kuwait, and I I lied. I lied, and I said no, I didn't. Uh-huh. And then he said, "I have to call them up and ask what's wrong." and then i had to fess up <laughs> oh, okay. i had to fess up that i did get a call from them and if i was to go to bible school i had to be there january 7th and uh i had no money i never owned a dress in my life never wore a skirt in my life and uh so i had nothing and i was okay with that yeah but kenny was talking to the missionaries missionaries and i come down to the office one day and i opened the door the next day and jack was getting off the phone and he uh, and he said praise the lord i said for what <laughs> he said well there's a church in winnipeg that was going to pay for your first month's room and board and your tuition wow. and my heart sunk because i knew that I was going, and then I said, I have no bus ticket. He said, we just bought a one-way bus ticket for you to go to Laclabish, Alberta. That's where the Bible school was. And I said, I don't own a dress. Well, he said, my wife was going through a closet, and she put some things together, and 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 I had to be on that bus that same day, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, to go to Whoa. Bible school. <laughs> and uh,
0: That's something.
1: And I was off, and I was on this bus with my Good News Bible, had no idea where I was going. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. All I know is that I was going to Bible school. <laughs> um, my first year was a very difficult year because God already had started to work in my heart. And uh, He started to deal with the forgiveness in my heart Mm. because of my stepfather and i told god i said i don't have no love for him Mm. if you want me to forgive him you have to give me love for him because i have none and i said i deep down i wish he was dead Mm. but i said i have to be respectful because it was my sisters their father Mm, and uh i was not i was a I was decent because I I could have poisoned my sister's minds towards their father, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. At least they had a father. We didn't have a mother. At least they had a father, I figured. And uh, God gave me love for him. And I had to pray and ask God to help me to find where he was because I had no idea. I knew he was in prison somewhere, but I didn't know where. I got a letter one day and I got an address with him. And yeah. I had the paper in front of me and I had a pencil and I said, Father, I have no idea what I'm supposed to write. I said, you've given me love for him, but I said, I need you to help me to write this letter of forgiveness. And I said, I'm willing to do it because you ask of me to do it. And I said, You, you've, I'm asking for a willing heart. And if this is what you want me to do, you have to help me. So I wrote the letter and I sealed it and off it went. I got an answer back and he said, "I forgive you." You were talking earlier about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. About um, most times, people expect the people to come to you and say, "I'm sorry." Yeah. And that wasn't the case for me. God wanted me to forgive because I wanted to kill Him. I wanted Him gone. I wanted Him hurt. And and uh, and. Then, um, in Matthew, it says, uh, this is what the verse that, uh, spoke to my heart. It said that if, if I don't forgive my, if I don't forgive Mm -hmm. my father in heaven will not forgive me of my sin. Exactly. And I wanted my sin to be forgiven and I wanted to forgive. So I did forgive. God gave me love for him, and God gave me compassion for him. And when I got the letter, he said he forgave me for the way that I had treated him. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, and that's all I needed. And I told him that I was a Christian, that I loved the Lord, and that I had Jesus in my life, that I had forgiven him for what he had done, and that he had changed. he had changed my life. He altered my life and uh that's amazing and i needed i needed to know that uh i was forgiven and it was like a burden was lifted and it didn't matter anymore whether he would tell me that he was sorry i never ever ever heard those words from him no. so uh uh i'd forgiven and that was my first year of Bible school. It was really, really hard. I found myself sitting in Russ Mueller's office crying all the time. And he never gave me answers, but he always gave me scripture. Okay. And I felt like a a crybaby, always sitting in his office crying with tears rolling down my face. and and But he never, ever gave me answers, but he always gave me scripture. Mm. And I felt comfortable to be able to go into his office and just let it all out. Um, and then I finished Bible school. God had did an amazing work in my heart. He gave me a willing heart to be able to uh, do whatever it is. I, I told him that I would be willing to do whatever it is he would ask of me and whether uh, to be a uh, missionary or to serve him whatever possible way. 1987, I took a training course, uh, NMTC, and I came to uh, New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. And someone told me uh, that uh, we went visiting and they said, you can come visit, but leave your Bible outside. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we did that, but we still had it in our hearts. And we Mm -hmm. still went and did things and visited. And I always remember that I came back and I told Russ Mueller that I'm ready to be a missionary and he said, no, you're not. Because if he, he (laughs) said that if he had, if he had said yes, I would have quit and not finished. He wanted me to finish what I started. Mm -hmm. And by the time I I finished, he said, now you're ready to be a missionary. Okay. And I joined NCM at that time and I I was coming to the East Coast. And... uh, I wasn't sure if, if I wanted to stay in central Saskatchewan. I wanted to stay out west, but mm-hmm. God wanted me out this way. And, and I came and that was uh, January of 1990. I moved to the Maritimes in the It's pretty hardest amazing part. that
0: somebody from your part of the country would leave, you know, because there's many needs out there, right? Yeah. And would, would leave and come down here to the east um, to be among a people you knew a little bit, but... You're going to know better, that's for sure, right?
1: Um, I prayed for my grandmother's salvation. And, uh, the more I prayed, it seemed that life wasn't getting any better the more she drank. And I used to say, why am I praying if, if it's, if her life is getting harder and someone said, don't give up, keep praying. And I prayed and I prayed, um, Before I moved to the Maritimes, I asked her if if she wanted me to stay home and look after her. I was willing to do that. And Mm -hmm. she said, no. She said, I want, they need you more than I do. So she gave me her blessing and that's what I needed and I moved and I still prayed for her salvation and that year uh, she was in the hospital and Frank and Mary went to go and visit her and uh, they walked in the room and she was rubbing her hands and she says I need my sins to be forgiven and she she said I need Jesus and uh, they led her to the Lord and uh, March 15th she went home to be with Jesus and and uh I came home and I knew at the funeral that she was in heaven God gave me that peace and that's wonderful and I knew that I didn't have to worry I didn't have to cry because I knew exactly where she was she was in heaven and uh, when she gave her heart to the Lord she she uh, told Frank and Mary tell Venus what I did she'll be happy and sure enough I I knew her. <laughs> I I was I was happy
0: that was good news huh?
1: oh that was absolutely wonderful news and uh and that's that's my desire for my family is that they would come to know jesus and have that personal relationship with christ people think christianity is a religion and it's not it's just having that personal relationship with with uh an intimate relationship with Mm -hmm. with God Himself, God the Father, with Jesus Christ, um, the one that whom gave his all for me, that you can have that personal relationship with him. It's like having a really good friend and and telling your deepest and darkest secrets to that friend, and Mm -hmm. you know that they're not going to blab all over the place, but you can do that with God. Tell him everything, because he understands he's been through it all, and and he walked this earth, and uh, and he was rejected, he was despised, he was beaten, he was everything possibly done to him happened to him and and that's that same God whom gave all for me and loves me and I never uh, uh, really understood love I knew my grandmother loved us mm-hmm. um, I knew that she cared for us but to have that deep emotional love from from someone that accepts us for who we are with no ifs or buts and uh, I was going through the book of Hebrews, and that's when I really understood God's love for me. And some people feel so defeated and yep. feel unworthy and feel uh, who would love me, look what I've done. Yep. Who would accept me, look what I look at who I am, where I am, and who would want, who would want me? And God does. He gave everything for us and all you have to do is just call upon his name. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And you were talking about being saved earlier and, and
0: What does that mean to you to be saved?
1: Knowing that He gave his all for me, that He took my life and He cleaned it up, and that I He kept me from the punishment. Mm -hmm. for my sin and that I didn't have to be punished anymore because I've punished myself enough. Mm. We are our greatest enemies and I've punished myself enough that, that he said, I don't need to punish you anymore. So you
0: kind of turned it over to him.
1: Yeah. And I knew that I didn't have to doubt. I didn't have to feel unworthy because he took it all. He, he, made me feel worthy and he made mm-hmm. me feel uh I'm I'm more than okay. And people say, Well I'm okay now. It's not just okay, I'm more than okay. I'm 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 worthy. Mm-hmm. In the eyes of yeah. God, I'm worthy that He sees me. He sees no fault. As far as from the East is to the West He remembers my sin no more unless I remind him of it but he says he will forget it yeah, and uh, yeah. and that i don't have to uh, remember or wallow in my sin because it's forgotten and it's and it's gone and he said i will remember it no more and and first uh, 1 john 1:7 1, says that he's faithful and he is just to forgive my sin mhm yes and, and people always remind us of our sin people don't forget but God sure, for sure does forget and we don't have to worry about people that the one that we should be concerned about is is God mm-hmm. and he said he's he said that uh, that uh, we that we don't have to fear man but to fear God because he can kill kill both body and soul and that he doesn't have to do that though because he he forgave and he's given us that chance to be able to come to him yeah. and we don't have to worry
0: that's a that's a blessing to not to to not have to worry yeah so venus you came down to the east to the uh the tribes in the east uh wabanaki um you had something to share with people but how did people kind of change you
1: I come from the West, and uh people from the West are reserved in their thoughts and and they're not quick to speak and are not quick to open and and reveal themselves and That's what I came from. I came to the east coast and and uh the native people were uh very uh they expressed themselves very well. They're not afraid to uh tell you exactly what they think, mm-hmm. and I was not quick to do that and I had a lady ask me, "Do you speak?" and <laughs> I said, "Yes, I do only unless I have something to say yep. and I believe I intimidated them because they never knew what I thought and because they expressed themselves very well that you knew exactly what they were thinking, yeah, and I found that. I had to learn to, in order for them to defend myself, I had to learn how to speak. And I speak very well. And I I express myself very well. And that shyness that I once had is gone, disappeared, diminished. And I'm this new being and uh that uh sometimes when i go home my aunt tells me she says i'm not i'm sometimes i'm afraid of what's going to come out of your mouth (laughs) Uh, and then she says you've become more like the native people on the east coast i see a change in you (laughs) and uh, uh so i've learned to become like the Mi'kmaq, and the Maliseet, and, and I've come to really, truly love them and care for them and and just to want them to know who Jesus is. How many years has it been now? I moved out here January 1990, so it's uh 2019, okay. almost 29 years.
0: That's yeah, the age of my daughter. Yeah. Louis. Yeah, so... uh you still have a burden for your family.
1: Yes, I do. I I pray for them daily, and and uh, some sometimes I it bothers me to think that uh, God called me to the East Coast, and and my family doesn't know the Lord, and I have to trust Him with that because. I'm praying for them and I'm trusting that someone will go to them and and uh I've got some family members who are walking with the Lord and yep. and uh and um I'm believing that uh I, that my family will be saved and my prayer is that when the Lord comes back that my family will be in that count when when we go home to be with him.
0: That's one of the great things about following god is not like us that decides who does, who's going to go with christ or not right it's yeah. god knows and he's working yeah in people's lives and he knows who will or he knows he wants people everybody to right yeah and he knows uh you he know he's there with your family even though you're not right yeah so do you have anything particular you'd want to share with people, like, from your heart right now, today?
1: Sometimes, uh, (laughs) people think that they need to be married. Mm -hmm. God has, God years ago had called me single, and I will be 59 this year, and I'm still not married, and it's not a, it's not a focus in my life to be married, my focus is to to please him whom he's called and sure that I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to be married but it's not it's not always it's not on always on my mind and I'm busy enough that I don't have to worry about it that if I'm tired I can go home and I can lay on the bed and go to sleep and not have to worry about cooking anybody's supper or nobody or, snores at night or or night. have to cook for, for anyone or have to look after anyone. I can just put my pajamas on and crawl into bed and and, and rest well. And I I have a lot of people in my life and, and uh I cook at camp and I have kids in my life and There's a lot of people in my life, so I do enough looking after as it is. And um, my life is is in the Lord's hands. And if you put God first in in every area of your life, he will meet that need. And whether it's being single or whether it's being, uh, whether is being married and right now I'm where he wants me and that's all that matters. And it's, it's not a, a burden or it's not a, it's not like, Oh, look at that guy. He's coming. I wonder if he's the one or, or yeah. that. And that's not that at all. And <laughs> And he's blessed me with some really good male friends. And I'm just glad that I'm, I'm single because that's the position that I'm in right now. Um, my desire is that people would know who Jesus really is, that it's not just Christmas time, but Jesus is every day Mm -hmm. and he's on the throne and he says he's coming back and he wants everybody to know who he is and he wants everybody to trust him and, but that has to be a choice of yours and to believe him. And uh, I I always love that verse, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And that's believing in what Jesus has done for them on the cross and trusting Him at that.
0: This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. For good Christian resources, visit our bookstore at wabanakibooks.com. Look for a new episode next week, wherever you find your favorite podcasts.